Hi everyone, and welcome to Mind Body Green's beauty podcast, Clean Beauty School. I'm your host and beauty director, Alexandra Engler. Today, I am chatting with Emily DiDonato. You've likely seen Emily modeling for Sports Illustrated, Victoria's Secret, Ralph Lauren, Maybelline, Giorgio Armani. I mean, I could seriously go on for ages. Or maybe you've come across one of her makeup tutorials and videos on YouTube or Instagram. And now she gets a few new endeavors, including motherhood and a brand new skincare line. See, Emily is a real beauty gal, which we love around here. In her content creation, she talks about her skincare habits, how she feels her body, makeup tutorials, and so much more. I'll let her explain for herself in this episode. So Emily, welcome. Hi, thank you for having me. I'm so excited to chat today and, you know, learn more about you and learn more about what you've been up to lately. But I want to give our listeners a chance to get to know you a little bit better. They they probably know you as a model and they've probably seen your gorgeous photos all over. I know I have, but <laughs> I'd love to hear more about your story and what led you to be a model. And then also just, you know, what led you to be at this place you're at in your life right now? Yeah. So I grew up in upstate New York, about 90 minutes north of the city. You know, my dad was a New York City firefighter. My mom was a stay-at-home mom. And I had a relatively normal, happy childhood. I played a lot of sports, spent a lot of time outdoors, hiking, mountain bike riding, fishing, doing all of those things. And, you know, I was in my senior year of high school. I had no idea what I wanted to be when I, quote unquote, grew up. I was applying to colleges and trying to figure things out. Out, and I was actually at a mall with my mom in Connecticut, Danbury Mall. Danbury Mall, shout out to that mall. It's a good one. <laughs> and there was like this modeling competition going on there. And someone approached me from this modeling competition and they were like, hey, would you like to come on stage and do this, this competition? And me and my mom were just kind of like, Sure, I guess. <laughs> People always say to me, they're like, I've seen stuff like that. I always thought it was a scam. Most likely, I think those things are a scam. But it just so happened that there were a bunch of agents from top modeling agencies in New York there that I met. And some of them I still know to this day, which is hilarious. And they're still at you know various agencies. But after that, I shortly went and took a trip to New York City, met with all of these agencies in person. And I was signed within a week and working within the next week. It happened very, very quickly for me. So my modeling career really kind of took off in my senior year of high school. And then I was kind of like, okay, I'm either going to really go for this and do this full time or not. And I chose to do it full time. <laughs> and so, you know, what, what are you up to lately? You know, obviously you've had this really beautiful career and what has led you to the point you're at now? Like, you know, I feel like you're starting new endeavors. You're kind of opening this next, next chapter. What brought you to that point? Yeah, you know, I I was a, I've been a model for over 12 years and then I think over the last 5 to 6 years I transitioned into almost being more of like a content creator and I also just recently launched my own skincare brand called Covey in March of 2021. So, my career has definitely evolved and changed but in a really great way. So, you know, this is obviously a beauty podcast. It's beauty through the lens of wellness and so I'm I'm curious, you know, what is your relationship with with beauty and wellness? It's probably a part of your job on some level as a model, but do you have a deeper connection to beauty? You know, how do you how do you view yourself? How do you view your skin? When I think about beauty, I always kind of think of my mom who is 
so gorgeous and beautiful inside and out, but she's quite a minimalist and mm. she is crunchy. I call it in a way before crunchy was cool. Do you know what I mean? Like we I think do, of wellness sure. today. Yeah. So I always kind of take a less is more approach to my beauty routines, whether that be makeup, hair, skincare, whatever it may be. So that's kind of how I think about it in from like a product point of view. And then from like a beauty in terms of how I look, I think obviously wellness is so much integrated into that because, you know, how I take care of my skin and my body and working out and spiritually and my mental health, I kind of think of it as this sort of flywheel effect. So that's kind of my approach to it. Being in the modeling industry, I'm sure it's influenced your views on beauty and wellness in some ways. Were there were there challenges that were because you were a model? Was it or did you find that it helped you? It can probably be quite hard and it can probably put a lot of stress in your body. So I'm curious how it influenced the way that, you know, you view wellness and beauty. Yeah, I think beauty and wellness has had such a such a journey for me in terms of what it means to me over the years. You know, when I first started modeling, there was a lot of pressure on me to look a certain way. And I thought that that meant that I only could eat certain foods and I needed to work out for a really long time every single day. And if you had asked me 10 years ago, if I thought that I I was healthy, I would have told you 100%. Now, looking back, I know that I was very much not healthy, but that was when health and wellness was totally all about the way it made me look and had nothing to do with how I felt. Do you know what I mean? Mm, And then as I got older, I think I started realizing that like beauty, wellness, like my health is this flywheel and how I feel really, really does matter. But I think obviously, yeah, there were so many stresses and so much pressure when I was younger. And unfortunately, like I thought I was being the healthiest version of myself by being very restrictive and extreme. And I just thought I was getting an A plus in that department. And then, you know, with time and knowledge and maturity, you realize, wow, I was not very happy or very healthy at that time. Was there, was this like a slow process or was there, you know, kind of a light bulb moment? Did, or did it just come with age like it does with so many of us? It was kind of a combination. I think I had a breaking point in terms of like when I was being very extreme about what I was eating and how I was exercising, I did kind of have a burnout point And I realized that like, I couldn't maintain this level of health and wellness. So burnout was a huge problem even before the pandemic. The World Health Organization reclassified and expanded its definition of burnout, considering it an occupational phenomenon with symptoms including feelings of energy depletion or exhaustion, increased mental distance from one's job or feeling negativism or cynicism related to one's job, and reduced professional efficiency. And we're finding that in the pandemic, those signs became increasingly pronounced and impossible to ignore. One thing that Jason talked about in his podcast last year with Reiki healer Kelsey Patel really resonated with me, and so I thought I would bring it up here since we're talking about burnout. Taking micro moments throughout the day to unwind. Go ahead and use this as your permission to take those walks in the day. Treat yourself with breaks. Call up a friend when you need it and focus on small, actionable steps that can fuel you. 
that I thought I could, it was just totally not sustainable. And I kind of burnt out and gained a bunch of weight back and started living a pretty normal life again. And, you know, then I had to deal with my body changing in a new way again and being okay with that. And then I think over the years, it did just take time with me being okay with like my body changing and fluctuating with my relationship with health and wellness changing over the years. So that's kind of how it happened. I think that this past year has probably changed a lot of our views on well-being, you know, and we're entering a time where it seems like it's gearing up again, or, you know, we're, we're not out of the tunnel as we perhaps thought we were. How has this past year affected your views on well-being? You know, has, have, have your priorities shifted? I'm curious, you know, I, I, I like talking about this with people because it clearly affects us all in such different ways. Yeah, I think that for me, it's affected me in a way that I think I'm a lot more gentle and kinder to myself. You spend a lot more time alone and at home. And I think when the pandemic first started, I felt a pressure to still be productive and still work and still get things done. And it's like, I think I just learned to take a few steps back sometimes. And it's like, it's okay. There's a lot going on in the world. And whether you want to admit it or not, it does affect us like mentally, spiritually, emotionally. And there are just some days where I feel burnt out or it's just not happening for me. And I think I'm a lot better at being kinder to myself because I feel like, especially being a New Yorker pre-pandemic, like you just push through everything and you're just go, go, go all the time. And so is everyone else around you. So there's never really a lot of time to like take a second and pause and be like, am I okay? Is my life okay? Like, do I need a moment? So I feel like the pandemic allowed for that and, you know, kind of forced me to be kinder to myself, if that makes sense. It does. Do you, I mean, who knows when we'll get quote unquote back to normal, but you know, like, do you think that you'll be able to carry that mindset? That's something that I've been thinking about with myself is like, I want to take these lessons that I've learned, but I'm scared that I'm going to forget them the second that, you know, life starts again. (laughs) I feel like I have hope that I will be able to still have that in me because even as some things slowly start to creep back up or some elements of normalcy start coming back in, I do feel myself pausing and going like, do I actually want to do that? Like, am I kind of burnt out right now? Like, what do I really want to do right now? Which I never did before. But I think that's because like any element of normalcy just feels like so big and grand. Like when someone's like, oh, we're going to a dinner with a few people. I'm like, wait, what? Where? (laughs) Who? (laughs) So I think it just forces you to stop a little more now. Sure. I mean, yeah, I feel like, you know, you mentioned burnout. I think that's such a big part of this conversation because we view, you know, beauty and wellness from a holistic standpoint and when you're burnt out, you really, really can't take care of yourself in any meaningful way. And so, you know, I'm curious, like, when do you realize that you're burnt out? Like, when do you hit that point where you're like, oh gosh, I need to stop? Because you said it, it took you a while to learn those signs. Yeah. I just know when it's creeping in because I get this urge and desire to be alone, like at home literally shades drawn. Like I, I'm an introvert. And I think that 
when I'm burnt out and I'm doing too much, like I know that I just need to not speak to anyone, no calls, no interacting with anyone. Like I just go like a turtle into its shell. That's when I know I'm like reaching my burnout point. And I'm always like, all right, I, I just need to take a day to do like exactly what I want to do whenever I want to do it, however I want to do it, <laughs> which is totally a luxury, but it's just like a day of leisure and doing as I please. <laughs> So, you know, you are somebody who obviously has to take care of your skin, your body, your hair, everything for work. So let's get into your routines. You know, I love talking with people about how they take care of their skin, how they take care of their body, how they take care of their mental health. It is, you know, such a crux of this podcast on uh, many levels. So what is, you know, your overall approach to wellness? Like what are the pillars that you make sure that you have to focus on? Is it, is it food? Is it working out? Is it, you know, what are the, what are the core things that you have to hit? Yeah, I think there's many pillars. So I would say one element of it is working out and that can be I love lifting weights. That's my absolute favorite thing to do. I've had to scale it back a little bit while I am pregnant right now, but I'm always do some form of activity every single day. So there's like the fitness pillar. Then of course, food is a pillar for me. I mean, I really try to stick to whole foods. So lots of vegetables, lean proteins, but I also give myself wiggle room to like eat kind of intuitively and what I want. Because there are just some days where I'm like, I really just want to like sit on the couch and have a bowl of popcorn. And I think that's important for health too sometimes to just like feel free to eat as you want. And then there's my mental health and I go to therapy once a week. That's really important for me. I go every Monday at 7am. Some people think that's totally insane. For me, it's like my favorite way to start the week. And then I think there's just like the self-care element, which I will bucket my skincare routine, my body routine, hair, and just taking care of my overall appearance. That for me, of course, is something ingrained in me as a model, but it's also just like, I realize when I'm not focused on those things or not being consistent with those things, at least I don't feel great. Well, I can't wait to kind of get into the details on some of these, but before I want to say congratulations, you're pregnant. That's very exciting. (laughs) Thank you. Very, very exciting. How has that, you know, I'm curious, how has that changed your views on this stuff? Has it, have you become, you know, has it, has it changed any of your um, routines in any way? It's definitely changed my workout routines for sure, just because I can't work out to the same intensity that I did before. I love high intensity workouts like HIIT and lifting heavy weights. And I love doing those things. And I've had to be a lot more gentle on myself, which has been a challenge, but obviously a necessary one. It's definitely changed how I eat just because You know, I think I went into pregnancy going like, I know exactly how to eat, like be the picture of health in terms of what kind of foods to eat. But then your hormones kick in and you don't want to eat anything that you ever ate before. And the things you used to love, you hate. And the things that you hate, you now love. It really is such a mind mess. So I think I have been a lot more gentle on myself in terms of food and not being like, I can't eat that. I shouldn't eat that. Because I think at first I was kind of like, oh my God, but the baby, but you do realize like getting through your first trimester, you survive. I survived literally off like saltines and cereal and your baby's fine. Comes out. Okay. Everything will be fine. You're kind of in survival mode. So you can't be too strict or regimented or hard on yourself. Put it that way. Sure. 
So, you know, I love the fact that you bring up you're in therapy. I think that is very important part of the puzzle to wellness and taking care of yourself. But I want to hear more about your, you know, your mental health practices. That's obviously a core part of it. But are there things that you do every day to ground yourself? Like, do you have any things that you're like, okay, I'm feeling overwhelmed. I can, I can do this right now. Do you have any tricks that you've learned? I think I love to journal every day. So I have the five minute journal that I do every single morning, which always makes me feel so much better. And it just takes such a short amount of time. I also just going for really long walks. It's something that I started doing during pregnancy, especially. And of course, during, you know, the pandemic for a lot of us, that was the only time we were getting out and about, but just taking a moment and taking a break and kind of getting outside, like that change of scenery is always key to me. Sure. Has, you know, putting your mental health practices first, has that always been a priority for you? I think everybody has a different journey on this. I think, no, it wasn't only because I didn't know that it should be in a way. It wasn't something that was like spoken about a ton when I was a kid. And like, I think as an adult, and then, you know, I got married, and I realized that I had multiple trigger points in a way that I was like, I think these are things that I need to explore and understand better. And so I decided to start going to therapy. I also go to couples therapy with my husband here and there, we are all about it. And I think I more so just wanted to figure out I struggled with anxiety a little bit. And I had a lot of imposter syndrome issues. And I just needed someone to help me get through it and talk through it and talk through some transitions that I was going through. And then once I started going consistently, which my therapist was like very adamant about, because I would be like, Oh, no, I just want to come like once or twice. And then I'm probably be good after that. And she's like, That's <laughs> I'm cured. <not. laughs> How it works. I was like, why not? Um, so I'm glad now that I go consistently. It was, it's good advice, and she was right. Yeah, it's funny. My friends and I, one of our favorite topics is therapy. You know, well, this is what yeah. my therapist said this week. <laughs> And I just feel like as a society, and maybe this is just kind of New York bubble talking or Brooklyn bubble talking, but as a society, we've come so far and just, you know, opening up the fact that, you know, we're prioritizing our mental health and we're, you know, putting in the work. And I think it's just, I think it's really cool to talk about. And I enjoy talking about it. It is. It definitely comes up a lot in New York in conversations. It is very much like the norm here. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So you kind of mentioned you like like to view food holistically, you know, you, you try to keep things balanced, but let's, you know, let's get a little bit more into details. What, what do you like to eat day to day? I, I am assuming this changes and I'm assuming it changes a little bit now that you're pregnant, but what's like a typical day? What does that look like for you? Yeah. I mean, I typically wake up in the mornings around like six or 7am. Naturally I'm an early riser, but I also go to bed at like 830 at night. And I always do a cup of coffee in the morning. Sometimes I go to Starbucks. Sometimes I just go to my local coffee shop. I love like an iced oat milk latte. I kind of love getting out of the house right when I wake up and kind of going for a walk with my dog and grabbing my favorite coffee. And then I usually have something light for breakfast, like to get me going before I head to the gym, which can just be like a banana or a little bit of cottage cheese with blueberries, just something that gets me out of the house. Then I usually do some sort of workout. And then after that, I usually do a smoothie. So in my smoothie, I'll do a collagen 
protein, almond milk, blueberries, tons of greens, spinach, mixed greens. I'll add some cacao or flax seeds or chia seeds. Sometimes all of the above, sometimes just one of them. If you spend some time around here, you probably know that we are big believers in collagen supplements. I'm just stopping here to call out some interesting research. So there is a common misconception that collagen peptides don't actually make it all the way to your skin as the skin is often the last organ to get its nutrients. But there was a 2017 study that showed that this is actually not the case. The researchers found amino acids from the supplements in participants' skins, suggesting that taking targeted collagen peptides can travel all the way to the surface. And that's usually kind of my go-to morning smoothie, kind of get a lot of nutrition in at once. And then for lunch, it's a salad almost every single day. I love sweet green and I love kava. Usually I get at sweet green, the chicken pesto parm, kind of my easy go-to there. And then throughout the day, I'm always snacking almonds and crackers, apples, fruit, string cheese. I'm thinking of all of like my pregnancy snacks. Like (laughs) it's just... So many different things. I always have food on me for sure. I always drink a coconut water also every single day. That's something that I've been doing lately just since I've been pregnant, just because I've been dealing with muscle cramps and trying to stay hydrated. And then for dinner is usually with my husband, Kyle, and that's usually some sort of protein and some sort of vegetable. I've been less on the cooked vegetable train while pregnant. Unfortunately, we used to eat like tons of Brussels sprouts and broccoli and asparagus. I can't even look at that these days, but that's what I used to eat when I was normal. So now it's just like some sort of protein and maybe a carb for me, or sometimes it's just the protein at night because my stomach is quite upset in the evenings for some reason. And then Lately, we have been always doing some sort of dessert as well. So we'll have some ice cream or get some frozen yogurt or I'll make like my favorite almond butter cookies with Kyle. And that's kind of like how I eat every day. That that is how I eat every day. (laughs) I love that. It's so balanced. And, you know, I'm curious. I think we all have like such a different relationship with food. And I think it can be positive and negative or neutral. You know, it kind of falls somewhere on that spectrum. And I think we all fuel ourselves for different reasons. You know, like how do you view your diet as a part of your overall wellness? Like, is it something that you use for like energy? Is it something that you use to fuel your skin? You know, like, do you have like a diet philosophy that you kind of live by? I don't know if I have a philosophy that I live by. I think I just tried to get as much nutrition as I can in each meal. So for me, that's always getting in as many vegetables as I can. And like, I I wouldn't consider myself plant-based, but I would consider myself like on the veggie heavy side. But I do know that when I'm eating healthy and when I'm eating a lot of greens, like my skin is better. My energy levels are better. My mood is better. Like even, you know, I go and I I sometimes pregnancy craving for me has been like sour candies and gummy candies. And I always like feel so lethargic after I eat stuff like that. Like I feel very connected energetically like to what I eat. So that's how I think about it. Just want to feel good. So, you know, you mentioned a little bit about what you do to stay active that you used to love hit workouts and weightlifting. And now you have had to tailor a little bit, but you know what, what's your weekly workout routine? Do you try to work out every day? Do you, you know, take days off? What are your favorite classes? 
Yeah. So I work out every day. I work out with a trainer two to three times a week and I do primarily weight work with her. So we're doing everything from squats and deadlifts, lunges, chest press, rows, all of that, just slightly lighter weights while I've been pregnant. And then the other days I always walk for about 30 to 45 minutes, sometimes on the treadmill, sometimes outside and try to get as many, you know, kind of steps in as I can. I do aim for 10 K steps a day which I have an aura ring, which tracks that. Oh, I, yeah. I really love that. We, we're big on trackers in this household. <laughs> um, and then, yeah. And then one day a week, I'm doing some sort of yoga or Pilates since I've been pregnant, just because my doctor recommended it. She said, women who do Pilates give birth faster. And I was sold because otherwise- <laughs> Is that true? Oh my gosh, I I've don't, never heard that. <laughs> I don't know if that's true, but she swears and- I was like, fine, I will do it because I'm not a big fan of Pilates. I find it quite boring. I'm sorry okay. to the Pilates people out there because like I mentioned, I just like more, more high intensity workouts. So I've been doing that once a week as well, even though I don't want to. <laughs> Anything for a smooth labor, I guess. Exactly. So- Well, I obviously had to look this up and it's totally true. There was a randomized controlled clinical trial published earlier this year that found that moderate to medium Pilates exercise during pregnancy significantly reduces the pain in labor, the length of labor, and increased maternal satisfaction of the labor process. Let's chat beauty. I am so eager to hear about your routine. You have beautiful skin. So please spill all of the dirt. You also have beautiful hair. So I would love to give some of your hair care tips as well. Let's start with your skincare routine. You know, what what do you do in the morning and night? Yeah. So my skincare routine in the morning and night is pretty much the same. In the mornings, I use our Covey Next Step Vitamin C Serum. Helps with collagen production and protects the skin from free radicals. So she just mentioned vitamin C helps with collagen production. And so I'm just going to take a second to elaborate a little bit more because I also love vitamin C. I use a vitamin C serum daily and I supplement with vitamin C and collagen. So vitamin C is an antioxidant, which means that it has a protective role in the skin. It basically protects your skin cells from free radical damage. Free radicals can actually break down collagen itself. And here's the thing, all antioxidants can help with this. Why vitamin C is so much more vital to a collagen is that it actually helps in the collagen synthesis process and it helps collagen crosslink, making them firm and taut. Basically, all antioxidants are important and useful for glowing skin, but vitamin C is the one that you need to look for in order to create collagen. It's really hydrating and moisturizing and kind of gives my skin that glow. Of course, I always wash my face. I use our Covey First of All Cleanser, which can remove makeup, dirt, grime, everything from the skin. And then I finish off with our Covey Last But Not Least Moisturizer. Really amazing under makeup, super whippy, super hydrating, very rich. And that's like the core of my routine in the morning and the evening. In the morning, I always use some sort of SPF. Not really married to an SPF. I've been playing around with a couple of different mineral sunscreens, especially after all the drama with sunscreens in the last couple months. I've lately been using, I think it's called Pipette. It's in like a green. Yeah, they have a lot of baby products actually. Yeah. Using their mineral SPF in the mornings. And then in the evening, it's 
the same minus the sunscreen. For my hair though, in the evenings, I always use some sort of hair oil. I kind of mix things around. Sometimes I'll use a vitamin E oil. Sometimes I'll use pure squalane. Sometimes I will use I love this hair tip. I put on a nightly oil as well as I have naturally curly and very dry hair. Um, if you have straight hair and naturally oily hair, you may not wanna do this every night, but it's worth it for a deep treatment every once in a while. So vitamin E oil can help reduce hair loss, improve scalp health, and help with circulation, balance oil production, and enhance shine. Squalene is actually naturally found and produced by the skin and scalp itself, so it mimics your natural sebum, which means that it coats hair and skin easier, unlike other thicker botanical oils that may cause too much buildup. I kind of just grab whatever's in my cabinet, but I do kind of like to go to bed with some sort of hair oil on. And then for my shampoos and conditioners, I use fragrance-free and sulfate-free shampoos and conditioners. I've struggled with um, dry scalp for about two years now. And while I was pregnant, it was hard. I, I had to go on like prescription shampoos and all of that because it was just tormenting me. But then while pregnant, you can't really use those types of products. So I've gone super crunchy, all natural for hair products. And actually my, my hair is, has gotten a lot better. Yeah. You know, I, I think a lot of women, the first time they kind of dabble with more natural or clean products is when they get pregnant. Were you interested in clean beauty prior to, you know, one creating line, but two, you know, um, being pregnant, was it something that you're curious about? I actually have always used or not always used. That's not true. I have loved clean beauty. I've been super interested in clean beauty for probably like probably almost like eight or nine years now. That was something that I always loved learning about. And then while I was pregnant, yes, I had to be like a lot more thoughtful about it. But for the hair department, that was probably where I was the most lenient in terms of what products I used, even though it kind of doesn't even make sense because like hair, skin, it's all the same going into the same mm -hmm. systems. But I would use, you know, like Pantene and whatever was at the, the grocery store. But yeah, so while pregnant, I was like, got to keep it natural and find something that, that kind of was working for me. But I've always kind of loved clean beauty and gravitated towards clean products. You know, as a model, how have you seen the industry change in that way? Have you noticed a, a shift or have you felt that like, you know, most most models do use clean products? I'm I've definitely seen a shift in terms of makeup artists using a lot of clean products. Like I feel like that okay. wasn't really a thing when I first started modeling 12 years ago or so. But I definitely see a lot more makeup artists gravitating towards clean, non-toxic products when it comes to the skincare they apply and the makeup they apply, which is always really fun and actually so kind because like when you're in the chair, you're like, oh, you care about me. Like you're nice enough to be like, I'm going to use like non-toxic products on you, which I always really appreciate. But yes, I mean, I think there's two schools of thought. I feel like some people, when it comes to clean beauty, they're all about it. And then there's some people who are like, no, I just want the hard hitting stuff. I want the chemicals. I want the, I want the real stuff. So you run into both. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I guess that's kind of how it is in the real world too. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So you have beautiful curly hair. Have you, you know, I, I feel like people with curls, tend to, you know, we, it takes a while for us to learn how to care for ours. Has, has that been the case for you? 
Yes, because also when you have curly wavy hair, like it looks different every single day. And also my texture changes throughout the years too, which I'm always like, when am I going to know what I actually look like? My hair is changing constantly. But I think for me, I realized that like washing my hair too much was an issue. Actually, a hairstylist told me that, you know, if you washed your hair a little bit less, it would be less dry and less frizzy. And I didn't believe him. This was like years ago when that wasn't trendy or cool to like train your hair or oil train or whatever people call it now. But that did really help me with my curls and my waves because I do have a bit of a frizzy wave naturally. So, you know, just learning to use shampoos without sulfates, without fragrances in them, and then also washing it a lot less. And that doesn't mean I don't get it wet. Like I'll still get my hair wet and then just use conditioner throughout and just rinse it, which I think really helps. So let's chat a little bit about makeup. Do you consider yourself a makeup girl? Do you wear makeup a lot? Is it, you know, what's your relationship with makeup? So I think obviously, like many people through the pandemic, I scaled back my makeup routine quite a bit, but I do love makeup and I love learning about makeup. I have a YouTube channel and I talk a ton about makeup routines and looks and I love creating looks with makeup artists. It's just really fun and fulfilling for me. But in terms of what I do day to day, my everyday makeup is like five to six products. I always do some sort of concealer. I love Maybelline's Age Rewind Concealer. I use the shade Tan. Then I use some sort of mascara, always Maybelline's Colossal Mascara. And then my brows, I love Benefits products for brows. So I'll use one of their pencils and their clear gel. And then I always love blush. So I love uh, Maybelline's Cheek Heat. And then on my lips, I always use Clinique's Fuller Fig. It's their chub stick. And sometimes I'll use that on my cheek and my lips. But that's kind of just my go-to everyday makeup. But then of course, for like some a night out or something, I, I amp it up from there. Do you, you know, do you find yourself like doing splurges or treatments like facials? Do you have any favorites, anything like that? So unfortunately, no, I'm not big on treatments, facials, all of those types of things. And I just blame that purely on impatience. <laughs> I don't like waiting. I, like Same with getting my nails done, same with getting my hair done. I, I think also being a model because I've spent so much time in the chair, I don't enjoy like having people around me and touching me when I don't have to. So no, I actually do not do many treatments like that. How do you uh, practice self-care? Yeah, I love self-care for me is like spending time alone. So that is sometimes it's just a really long, hot shower. Occasionally it is a bath with some sort of Epsom salts, especially since I've been pregnant, more aches and pains there. So I definitely take a few more baths now than I did before or doing some sort of sheet mask if I have the time and I can just kind of hang out and lay in bed, like in my robe, in my fuzzy slippers, in a sheet mask with a towel on my head is like my favorite thing ever. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So, you know, models are surrounded by beauty professionals all the time from hairstylists and makeup artists to dermatologists and facialists. So, you know, I love asking you guys, what's, what are some of the pieces of advice that you get from all these pros? Well, I think from makeup artists, they are always adamant about taking care of your skin, of course. And I think makeup artists always give the great tip in terms of creating a great makeup look is like kind of choose a focal point, meaning if you're going to do a great eye, make it be about the eye. 
you're going to do a great lip, make it about the lip and leave everything else kind of simple and let it speak for itself. I always think that's a great makeup tip. Um, and then for hair, I kind of already gave you the best piece of advice that I have gotten there, which was to wash my hair a bit less, less shampooing, which I think made a really big difference. And then I think for dermatologists, I have a great relationship with my dermatologist, Dr. Julia Rusak. She also helped us create Covey. And she was really adamant about keeping my skincare routine simple and always doing an SPF. And that's kind of it. I love that you created this or with the help of a dermatologist and, you know, her advice was to keep it minimal and it does sound like it's a very edited collection. So, you know, follow up to that is, it, it sounds like your skincare philosophy is less is more, which sounds very cool. That was that intentional going into it? Yes, absolutely. I think, you know, coming from the industry that I'm in, I kind of came from a more is more mentality for a long time. I thought, I needed a million steps. Anytime anyone recommended a product to me, I would buy it and add it to my routine. And I had, you know, eight, nine, 10, sometimes 12 steps in my routine. And I thought I was doing everything right. And, you know, I have access to experts and I was using all the expensive products, but my skin would still struggle. And I would go to work and my skin would be flaking off of my face and really? red and irritated. Oh yeah. And so I like, like, what sort of skin do you have then? I think I just have really sensitive skin. Because anytime I would use harsh chemicals or, you know, some of the antioxidants, and I think the biggest issue was I was using too many steps that just didn't work or go together. And it's funny when we were working on Cubby with Dr. Rusak, she said that that was always the biggest complaint and the most questions she would get when people came in, they would be like, can I pair, you know, this retinol with this acid or you know, does this and this go together? And she was like, people just are mixing way too many things and they're inconsistent with their routines. And if you kept it more simple and just stuck to being consistent, your skin will thank you for it. So that's how the kind of less is more mentality came into play. I love that. We definitely agree with that wholeheartedly here. We are very much in the camp of, you know, just do what makes your feel your skin feel good and keep it at that. But, you know, to your point, you grew up in this industry and that is all about, you know, trying different things and, you know, trying new products. Is it hard to say no? No, not anymore. Because I think, I think I already went through that life cycle for myself where I was trying so many different things and it just wasn't working for me. And it was also exhausting and confusing. And I'd be traveling with like 10 pounds of products. But once I realized that like, you really don't need that much to have great skin, I you know there was no returning. <laughs> I love that. So, you know, before we go, I just want to ask, do you have any, you know, parting words, parting sage advice on, on wellness, on beauty, on anything that we've talked about today? Yeah, I think one piece of advice that I had gotten a while ago that something that helped me a lot was to keep a running list of things that make you feel good when you're feeling burnt out or tired 
or kind of just at the brink of things. And that can be, you know, like I said earlier, is it taking a bath? Is it sitting in your bed with a robe? Is it taking an hour to watch TikTok? Like whatever it may be, just keep a list of those things that when you walk away, and that can include people as well. If it's someone that you see and you walk away and you're like, I need to do that more. I love that person so much. I feel amazing when I see them or when I do that thing or that activity, just so that when you reach a point where you're burnt out, you can reference that list and think, what's the lowest hanging fruit here that I can do that will make me feel better in this moment that I feel like nothing will make me feel better. Mm-hmm. And I just think it's almost like creating your own mini wellness toolbox. I love that. Can you share any that you have on your personal list? For sure. So for me, it's taking a long walk outside Sometimes it's just snuggling and playing with my dog. Like the other night I was feeling so tired and so burnt out. And then I just started running around my house with my dog and I felt so much better. I was like, I miss doing this. Like it's almost like childlike energy that's seeing certain friends that's calling my therapist, that's snuggling with my husband, calling my mom, going to upstate New York generally. Like sometimes I just know that my body's craving nature and just peace and quiet and going outside doing some sort of yoga class or breath work and getting a massage that is definitely up there for me right now. Acupuncture, you know, there's just like those things are, I just know I'm going to feel better when I walk out of there. I love that. I think that's a great idea to do all of those things. Exactly. And I think it's a great, you know, tip to end on. I certainly will be writing up my very own list. And I thank you so much for joining us. And it was great to have this chat with you and hear all about what you've been up to. Amazing. Thank you so much for having me. I really enjoyed kind of talking about all things wellness and beauty with you. Hey guys, just popping back in here to say thanks for joining us this week at Clean Beauty School. I hope you enjoyed this episode as much as I did. If you're looking for more beauty content or just wellness content in general, don't forget to check out our website mindbodygreen.com, our Instagram, mindbodygreen, and of course, our parent podcast, the Mind Body Green podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to rate and review us. Thanks again. See you next week.